Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon Podcast. I'm Allie Wilson, former college swimmer turned triathlete and full-time stay-at-home mom to my 18-month-old daughter, Beth. And I'm Amy Henderson, pro triathlete turned cyclist and mother of two to Oliver, who is three, specifically 38 months, and Margo, who is 14 months old. This week on the show, we will be talking about sports-related injuries and how we deal with them both from a training and mental standpoint and also how they impact parenting. Allie, it has been a while since we've recorded. You've been traveling and I've had a lot going on, which we're <laughs> going to get into, <laughs> including my first broken bone ever. Uh, so yeah, what has been going on with you? Um, well, yeah, so we, we did our big trip to San Diego. We were down there for about, um, I think, five nights, five nights, so six days, whatever that is. Um, my hope was to do, I was doing the Zwift Academy and I had big plans to do the last ride, um, potentially the, the early morning before our flight or like the Wednesday before we left. And honestly with packing and just like trying to pack for flying and like fitting everything in and not taking too much and all that. I just honestly didn't get it in, which I'm a little bit bummed about. But at the same time, like, I mean, after I'd done the last Uh, event ride or like training ride I got my kit so I mean it's like (laughs) I did it anyways (laughs) yeah that's nice so I did that and then so yeah so our trip to San Diego this was our first time flying with Beth um so for obvious reasons we were very very nervous um but she did a pretty darn good job for you know being her first flight it was about two and a half hours there was a delay on the takeoff out of Portland and a delay on the landing. So oh, we were, it was oh just, man. it was just a long, long, like it was just a long day. Um, but like, you know, everything that we kind of planned out went beautifully, you know, from like, even like getting the shuttle and getting, you know, checked in and how we situated what bags we were taking and how we took the car seat on, like everything just went really, really well. So that was great it was just like you know we were trying to tire her that's why you overthink things you know right because then it goes more smoothly yeah that's awesome it's true (laughs) yeah so things i didn't really take into consideration though were that when we go through security we do have to take the car seat off of the suitcase that we'd strap it to Mm, and then re-strap it back on and it's not a big deal and like once you know how to like do the strap and clip it on everything it's a little bit smoother, but it's like one more thing when you're juggling yeah. the stroller and the toddler and the other carry-ons. And so, so yeah, that was like, <laughs> I'd say the only hiccup that we dealt with in the airport. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we were um, trying to get her really, really tired with the hopes that she would sleep on the plane. Or our flight to get down there was 10.30 a.m. So we're like, oh, she probably won't sleep right away. Ooh, we got yeah. her up early, you know, in the morning. And then we were hoping maybe she'd sleep on the second half of the flight. And she just didn't. Oh. So now we have a very tired toddler. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then it was a little bit of a hiccup getting to our rental car. But the second we got her in the rental car, like, we didn't even get out of the parking lot. <laughs> and she was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. good. And how long was the drive then in the rental car to where you were staying? About 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, boy. So did you try to leave her, like, sleeping in the car? We thought about it, but we were like, like, she's had a handful of days where she didn't nap at all or mm. she's only had short naps. Like, yeah. she'll be fine. So we parked and we tried to get everything unloaded from the car mm-hmm. and then we got her out. So yeah. I mean, she maybe got, like, a 20-minute nap. Yeah. How cranky was she when you wake her up in a situation like that? She was just, like, groggy. Like, I mean, I'm unbuckling her from the car seat, and she's just, like, out cold. Yeah. So. So cute. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that was... That was good. Um, Flight home, more or less similar situation. She didn't fall asleep, but she fell asleep after we landed. Like, we're on the ground in Portland, and she's like, yeah, if I go... (laughs) Oh my gosh. So she got yeah. another like 15 minute nap on the way home. <laughs> and then, and then she didn't nap like in the car on the way home because she'd woken up then. Yeah, which was fine. Yeah. At that point, yeah. it was like late enough in the day. It was, we just got a, you know, early bedtime. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. doesn't sound like it was too bad. But yeah, it is. I mean, and how did you do on the plane? Did she stay in her car seat the whole time and you just she, gave her activities and snacks? We tried all the different things. We gave her tons of snacks. Oh, oh my gosh. The other thing was, so our flight was on Thursday. She hadn't pooped since Tuesday. Oh, no. So we were like... <laughs> really worried that she was gonna poop on the plane just like we're like the flight's long enough that unless she poops we don't need to change her on the plane so yeah but but then we felt really bad right we're like stuffing all these snacks in her she hasn't pooped in like two (laughs) days (laughs) um but yeah she probably made it like well over halfway on the flight i'd say both directions but then she started to have a meltdown i thought she was gonna fall asleep and she just didn't and then um got her out and she just kind of like walked back and forth across us yeah like looking around people behind us were great they were making tons of faces at her and yeah nice so so yeah the flight went like all in all like as well as we could expect but like all the toys and stuff we brought like we brought way more than she was interested in (laughs) yeah I know. And it's always like they always want to I mean, Margot on her flights has been like very into looking at the the menu pamphlet and the evacuation packet. Uh And like, yeah, just that's why I actually yeah, I try not to pack too much because I'm like. They're going to want the random other things. Yeah. Like, that was, we, yeah. for the flight home, we figured out what she was more interested in. And so we mm. like, we brought less stuff on with our carry on. And so. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That I have heard, um, well, I was at PT recently and, you know, I was talking all about our kids and different stuff. And something that my PT said that he does is sort of their tradition when they're traveling with their kids is they do the the seven minute workout. It's like a seven minute workout. It's just like specific exercises. I think it has, you know, some theory of like, if you do this every day, like that's all you need to do, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, it's just a fun, like random thing. You can pull it up like a YouTube video or they even have, I think like the Apple watch has it, you know, they'll walk you through it. And, and so they do it in their gate, you know, like in their departure gate oh. while they're waiting to board the flight oh, to sort of have a little movement on a travel day and like as a family activity. I don't know that their kids are old and at the age now where they're still like napping, but you know, just like get a little movement. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, what we were doing in Portland is they have those rolling um, sidewalk or not rolling sidewalk, oh, rolling yeah. walkways. And uh-huh. we were running her up and down those like for <laughs> nice. like 30 minutes nonstop. So we're like, she's definitely going to sleep. But really what ended up oh. happening is she was just really, really tired and very upset by yeah. the end. So. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Well. For us, like the... Yeah, and that, before Italy, like, Margot, I I think she was, she hadn't learned to walk yet, but she could walk, you know, if she was holding something. So, basically, I took the stroller that I had for her. I put my huge, heavy, heavy backpack <laughs> that I decided needed to be my carry-on, which literally <laughs> I checked it on the way home from Italy because I was like, why am I carrying this? <laughs> um, I put that in the stroller, so it was, like, super weighted down. And then I had Margot, like, out of it, pushing it around, mm-hmm. you know, near the gate. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to tire her out. And yeah. it, it was, you know, I mean, it was also, like, an overnight flight, so. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little more like tired. That. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, for Margo, what we've done on the flights is that we literally put her in the, you know, she has always been a baby who's been really good at napping in the carrier. Mm-hmm. So we put her in the carrier and we stand in the aisle and like rock her enough, you know, just bounce until she yeah, falls asleep. We saw another <laughs> um, on our flight home. There was a woman that was like doing laps up the aisle yeah. with her kiddo who looked a little bit younger than Beth. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't so. think Beth would fall asleep if we were holding her. I don't know the last time she did it. <laughs> but exactly. she also, yeah. yeah, wasn't a carrier kid, really. Yeah, so. exactly. So, yeah, so that was the the flight. Um, and then when we were in San Diego, I remember you had made the comment, you know, about, like, scheduling in downtime, which we didn't really do a good job of outside of like we did we made sure to get back to the house for her nap every day so we were a little bit off schedule like usually she naps 
12:30 or 1 to about 3:30 like or I'm sorry so about 3. So that's that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty normal. But there were some days it's like we met up for lunch with people at like noon one day so we couldn't mm-hmm. get her down until a lot yeah. later. Um and so you know there was days like that but that was kind of I guess our downtime was was nap time um and it was yeah. really important for us to get back to the house for nap time cuz like with where we were too like we were only driving 10 15 minutes to get places so a car nap wasn't realistic right like i'm not gonna go just drive around san diego for an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know if she'd sleep that long in the car at this point yeah 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 but that's good yeah it's nice to at least that she you know did well with her naps that's yeah we were super super lucky and i know you just talked about your trip recently where ollie was running all over the hotel but like (laughs) She did a great job. The Airbnb we had, um, it was one bedroom and one office. So the office was just like, you know, set up. There was a couch and like a desk in there. And so we put the pack and play in there. Um, You know, we had a lot of her stuffed animals from home, like as many as could fit in the bags. (laughs) Squeeze this one in, squeeze this one in. Um, And so, you know, and she's slept in the pack and play well in the past, too. And, like, in general, she's a really good sleeper. So, you know, we just kept our bedtime routine exactly the same as we do at home. You know, jammies and teeth and books. And then it's like, okay, bedtime. And so she would go right down um, for all of her bedtime stuff, all of her naps without an issue. Only one night we had an issue where she woke up and was just, like, wide awake. And we're like, oh, no. And that was weird. Like she doesn't do that at home unless there's something going on. And so this was like the third night there. And thankfully it wasn't hers. The first night, otherwise we would have been freaking out that this whole trip was going to go. But um, we brought her into our bed with us thinking she'd probably just fall asleep. And she was just like, it's playtime. Yeah. yeah, But like I have so many of her books memorized. And so I just started like reciting some of them, Mm -hmm. which calmed her right down. And then I was able to put her back in bed and she slept till, you know, whatever time. Good. Yeah. So lucky with sleep, Um, you know, feeding her was a little different than normal just because we're out at restaurants all the time. Like Mm -hmm. we were spending time with family. We weren't cooking, you know, we cooked breakfast every morning, but all of our other meals were out. So just getting creative on, you know, we don't usually eat out that much. All in all, she did a really good job on the trip. We did a kind of a hard time, like, finding stuff that we could do that was, like, with her in mind because we Mm -hmm. were here to see family. And so, you know, the second day we were there, we really wanted to take her to the beach. But it was, like, my cousin was leaving that afternoon. So we felt like we needed to go see my cousin one more time and... So, you know, and then that's just tricky, right? Like you go Mm -hmm. all the way down to see somebody and we were, we just felt very much like, well, we're here for vacation, but well, we're also here specifically to see my uncle. So Mm -hmm. I did manage to get one swim in while we were there. I had grand plans of doing like strength workouts during nap times, but honestly, the house was like hot and sticky and we were exhausted and so didn't get any workouts done for almost a week other than going and doing one open water swim. And I think I talked about this before of like, I was trying really hard to like link up with somebody down in San Diego. Like I didn't want to just show up, especially because it's October. Like I know here people aren't really doing open water swimming anymore. So how many people are going to be there? And so um, managed to like get in touch with this one woman and I ended up swimming Monday morning out of La Jolla. It was really, really fun. It was like overcast. And honestly, the water was really murky. You couldn't really see anything, Um, Hmm. which is kind of a bummer because it's like a really cool, you know, I've been kayaking out there before and you can see all the fish and like there's all kinds of stuff. And yeah, we couldn't see any of that. And so kind of a bummer, but also like for me, especially in oceans, I'm like, if I can see less, it's probably going (laughs) to freak me out less. Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah. So was that you met up with like one person and it was you and her swimming or was there a group that you sort of connected with her and then saw the group? So it was it was kind of like she knew she was meeting one other person 
And she was saying that she hadn't been on a Monday morning in a while, but like usually there's a handful of people at that time. It was 630. Oh, okay. The mm-hmm. thing I was worried about is that sunrise is until 645. So I'm like, so how, oh, mm-hmm. like how dark is it going to be? And so that's what was freaking me out the most. Um, but we got out there and um, I, there are kind of like, if you look on like Tri Club San Diego's website, designated times, like Monday, Friday morning, 630 at La Jolla Shores. So there are people that kind of like group together to meet up and swim. So I got mm-hmm. there and I think the group was like eight. Oh, wow. So Sweet. yeah. And then like half, like the half the group kind of went off and the other half, we kind of went off a little bit after that. But honestly, probably saw like 30 other people out there. Wow. It was so cool. And there's like a couple of buoys set up that people were swimming to. Um, wow. We were like halfway out and there was a group of like four or five coming back. So wow. they had probably started like well before sunrise yeah and then when we were coming back we saw like groups of two to three um you know a lot of individual swimmers and it's just kind of crazy and so it was it was a lot of fun to to see just how many people were out there yeah wow that's so fun so then i know after your trip you had sort of a a planned 40k tt that you were going to be doing with a friend how did that end up (laughs) um well it it went as well as it could have honestly i hadn't really been on my bike very much you know having been traveling for the week um i tried to squeeze in like you know one or two more good rides before i left i got one ride in after we got home for 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and honestly it ended up being four of us we just went out to savi's island you know we just went out and had a fun morning and i went out and did the best that i could which really wasn't that far off from what i've done in the past you know considering i haven't been on my tt bike at all. I mean, I did one ride about a month ago, so at least I wasn't like feeling like I was going to fall off, but mm-hmm. um just like putting that much power out mm-hmm. for a sustained amount of time, like my hip was getting really angry cuz it's like uh-huh. you haven't biked in this position for quite a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So when we kind of all felt like that, like two, you know, two of our friends out there were laughing. They're like, I "Haven't been on my TT bike in two and a half years, so this will be interesting." <laughs> So it ended up just being a really fun morning, you know, got to go out, do my 40k TT, see what I could do. Nothing super, super special, but it was really just a fun, like just kind of a fun get together with friends. And there was donuts. So yeah, nice, fun. And it's fun. You know, you motivated other people to get out there and everyone always appreciates that. So yeah, and the weather couldn't have been better. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been my last, basically, like, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. It oh has been a while since we've been able to get together. Yeah. So, um, Amy, you've had a lot going on. Where do you want to start? <laughs> yes, it has been quite a couple of weeks. And honestly, like, you know how with COVID, there's sort of the time warp of <laughs> understanding, you know, day of the week, year, month. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like that has been my last couple of weeks, like, I'm so thrown off by everything. But yeah, since we last recorded, you know, one thing that was a big focus, we had a a family baby shower. And so I was helping out a little bit like prep for that. And it was really fun because we did not only the baby shower for my sister in law, but then they did a surprise baby shower for her husband in that evening. So it was like, the whole thing was, you know, her shower was at 1 p.m. And then in the evening, it was going to be, um, you know, he was just going to go over for dinner at, you know, his in-laws house. But then they had like a group of, you know, like a bunch of his friends, all the like, you know, brothers of the family and just like all the guys got together and had a, a, a men's baby shower as well. Oh, so that was, yeah, it was really fun. Um, I wish I could have been there for the surprise because I would like... I know he would have been so excited. But then the next day, you know, so at the shower, of course, I'm telling everyone, oh, I'm so psyched. I have my cyclocross race tomorrow. And that race was going to be my first race in the Cat 1-2 field. So like racing, you know, the best women out there. And I was so excited and so pumped. And basically, you know, we got to the race. Actually, on the way to the race, we went to... 
Halloween Town, (laughs) which is from, there's like an old Disney Channel movie uh, Mm. called Halloween Town. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was filmed in St. Helens, Oregon. And this race was like, you had to drive basically through St. Helens to get to where the the cyclocross race was. So we stopped by, you know, had took some photos, showed the kids around. And then we got up to the cyclocross race and I hopped out of the car. Um, I was going to do the course pre-ride which is a time when they open up the cyclocross course and you can go and like ride the course and sort of learn the turns and learn all the technical stuff. Cause cyclocross is of course very technical. You've got barriers, you've got uphills and downhills and, you know, twisty turns and grassy sections and dirt sections and all that kind of stuff. And so I hopped out of the car. Nick was continuing to drive around to like, you know, have the kids take car naps. Um, and, and I was feeling like a little bit rushed. I got out, I saw some friends. We did a lot of the course preview together, and then they had to get to the start line because their race was starting in a few minutes, and I still had like an hour until my race was going to start because it was going to be after theirs. And I got on this section that was just like, it was downhill. It was super grassy. It was grassy, but it was super, like, there were big divots in the grass and just like ridges and bumps and stuff. And I gained too much speed. And I think I I honestly don't know exactly what happened because I sort of, you know, forgot because I blacked out. But I think I hit a bump in the wrong way and I crashed. And some guys like ran over to me um, and they said they told Nick later, like I was like unconscious for a minute. And then I didn't know my name for like two minutes. <laughs> but from what I remember, you know, some guys came over to me, like I crashed, some guys came over to me. And, you know, they did all the checks of like, making sure, you know, I think he had medical experience. So we did checks of like, making sure that I didn't have like a neck or back injury, you know, I could move my toes in the right ways and stuff like that. And, and so I was able to sort of, you know, get up and walk off the course, because another race was going to be starting. And of course, my first reaction is like, uh, I need to get up and like, (laughs) I have a race in an hour, (laughs) so I need to like finish my warm up. And, but I could tell like something, you know, was not feeling right on my shoulder. And, and so I was asking them like, is my collarbone broken? And of course they're like, uh, we don't know. You have to, you know, go to the emergency department and like, they can tell you. And pretty quickly you know we got in the car we drove back to portland it was like an hour drive i wasn't in that much pain so it was fine but i could tell that like the bones were moving so gross yeah (laughs) i knew i knew um i think i was a little surprised (laughs) so you did officially break your collarbone yes so i broke my collarbone um it was broken in two places i think <laughs> at least, <laughs> at least <two. laughs> um because there was sort of you know a piece like broken in the center that was uh you know shifted around and um they also call it tenting like one of my bones was like you know sticking up a little bit yeah <laughs> sorry is this really Gross. is this too graphic for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's like not I, don't, I, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> we need a trigger warning, everyone, because Allie is making faces. <laughs> yeah, I cannot handle this. <laughs> I I have a queasy stomach though, so Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's exciting to you. It can be exciting to other people. I just say keep going. <laughs> is exciting the right word oh my gosh that's funny yeah I don't know I know do I seem excited yeah <laughs> yeah I was excited after so yeah so you know I went to the emergency department all they basically did yeah they took a an x-ray they confirmed it was broken they wouldn't tell me any information they wouldn't say like if I would need surgery or anything they just said you know you got to go see an orthopedic doctor it wasn't so urgent like the bone wasn't about to breakthrough so they didn't need to have an orthopedic surgeon come and like look at it right away and decide if it needed you know emergency surgery so that was good and then they did a ct scan on my head because of you know my helmet was cracked i was unconscious so clearly you know i had a concussion um but they wanted to make sure with the ct scan that there was no 
internal bleeding in my brain and that was totally clear and fine. So I got to go home. Um, and I mean, thankfully, you know, also like, so Nick came to the hospital with me and he stayed with me, which I'm really grateful for. Like, I hate being in the hospital alone. You know, it's really sort of scary and sad. (laughs) And, and luckily since we have, you know, an au pair, she was able to, um, be home watching the kids and, and she doesn't drive. So we basically Mm. had Nick's parents who live in Portland. They met us at the hospital. They drove her back to our house. Then they drove our car back to the hospital and brought us food also. Um, so they really helped out, but then she was able to like watch the kids. The kids were with someone, you know, they're comfortable with and they see every day. So that was really nice, you know, like super grateful for that. Anyway, so then, you know, (laughs) this has been my week now. Um, The next day, you know, I went to an orthopedic surgeon. So I was able to get in for surgery on Wednesday, which was really quick. Surgery went well, and now I've been recovering. And now I'm basically six days post-op and already, like, off of pain meds and stuff like that. Um, And, yeah, just I actually did my first little super easy 30-minute spin on Zwift, just sitting totally upright, not using the shoulder. Um, How'd that feel? It felt really good. good. Yeah. Just like nice to spin the legs. And, you know, I, you know, went like a hundred Watts, just super easy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like, I've actually realized, I think that's a big thing is like, we are so used to activity and like on the weekend, you know, I was pretty active with the kids. We went to pumpkin patch. We did went to a park and stuff, but like without for me specific training on the schedule, it's, it's like, yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. Hard to mm-hmm. go and like go for walks or like just move around. And so, and I, you know, have been getting a little bit of back pain, from, you know, wearing a sling and having my weight forward a little bit and like not moving my shoulder at all. Like it's very weird when you suddenly don't move part of your body. It's not just that part. It like spans out everywhere. And And so now I'm like a pretty significant part of your body, not just (laughs) the thing you move all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) very central to your, you know, Yeah. yeah. And, and you're sleeping in a different position, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I can't normally I'm sort of like a stomach sleeper. And so very much like pregnancy. My coach was funny. He messaged me. He was like, Oh, you know, giving me tips on how to sleep with the arm thing. And I was like, um, I've been pregnant twice. I've dealt with <laughs> having to adjust my sleeping yeah, position. Oh my that was what I first he was like, of, of course, when you I should have thought of that. Adjusting sleep position is like, Oh yeah, it's like pregnancy. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, another thing that was sort of funny with this injury is that, so I actually had a, an appointment with my, like unrelated with my OB today. And for, so, you know, as a virtual appointment, I log on and she's like, um, I just looked at your chart. Like, are you okay? Did you have (laughs) surgery? You know, like what the heck? And of course she knows, you know, that I train and on all of that stuff. And what was funny is that she was like, so, you know, we had our appointment and then she was like, I want to bring up this random like comment that I'm seeing in these charts, though. Like, I'm seeing that there was a concern over the narcotics with breastfeeding. Mm. Um, And so she was sort of asking me about that. And I was like, yeah, you know, when they were first like giving me narcotics in the emergency department, of course, I was asking like, you know, I'm currently breastfeeding. Is it okay? And the guys that I'm asking are like, huh, that's a good question. We should ask the pharmacist. I don't know. And they're like, well, maybe we'll give you this one instead. And then they're like, well, actually, like, so they were going to give me oxycodone. Then they were like, oh, well, I guess we'll give you hydrocodone because it's not as strong. So maybe like the oxycodone should be fine, but we'll give you this one. And it was sort of, you know, a mess, but I mean, I'm sitting here Googling it and like Googling my, like the sites that I know. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm searching like the sites that I know are good and reliable for this type of information. And I'm like, okay, they say it's fine. Cause I was not going to just necessarily solely go on what these people were saying when they like didn't didn't have any confidence about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so anyway, my doctor was like, yeah, I mean, we send people home from C-sections with oxycodone, like, with a newborn 
baby, right? Mm -hmm. So it is totally fine. There should be, you know, they don't need to be concerned. They don't need to, like, freak you out about it. You should be taking pain meds as you need them, you know, and, like, just I really appreciated that. Like, she was, you know, checking in on it. And luckily, you know, there was no, I wasn't, like, scared into not taking pain meds for something that's very painful, a broken bone. But it is, you know, I don't know. I thought it was worth mentioning because it's, like, can be, I mean, that's one of those things that you have to deal with when you're breastfeeding and in medical yeah, what situations. You're, what you're taking, everything, yeah, what everything's going into you. Yeah. But anyway, I think we can sort of shift this conversation into our main topic of the week. Uh, we've both been dealing, you know, of course, now I've been fully in injury mode, For the last week. And I know also, you know, throughout this past season, you've been dealing with some different injuries. So we thought that we would take some time today to talk about injuries that we've dealt with and not just how they've related to training and, you know, mentally how we've gotten through them, but also nowadays how they've impacted parenting too. So when thinking about injuries, A good place to start is probably the start of the injury. And it's sort of interesting because, you know, most typically what I've dealt with with sports injuries is very much sort of like a longer term buildup from more overuse type injuries. So I've had things like, you know, IT band pain. And when it starts, it's hard to know, like, is this a problem? Can I run through it? Um, that is compared to what I'm dealing with right now, which is, you know, a bone breaking, <laughs> very yeah. clear, very acute, you know, moment of injury. And then you have to, you know, deal with it from then. Um, but definitely, you know, it is interesting thinking about the different types of how you can get into the injury. It's phase. true because, um, it's definitely like with a broken bone, you have a clear set this is when it actually, like, the injury truly happened. And then you also have a little bit more of a potential, like, this is about when you can expect to return to, you know, when you can start PT, when you can start doing these things, you know, when you can start mm-hmm. swimming again with a broken collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but, like, yeah, but w- what you're saying of, like, the nagging kind of, you know, have a, a little pain that starts, oh, this is fine, I'll run through it. I'll go get a massage next week. Like, you right. know, like what's, what's going on. And so I think, you know, that's tough because so many people, you know, athletes in general have that mindset of I'm tough. I can push through. And it's like, where's the line of I can, or I should push through. And so, right. you know, nobody wants to sit here and say, oh, I can't do this or I'm going to take time off. And I've absolutely been a great example of that this year is that I kind of was coming off of a knee injury and then I was trying to get back into it too fast and then I got a foot injury and then I tried to get back into that too fast and now it's like two months later and it's just like a nagging issue that won't go away because I'm also not like I'm sitting here like I'm not gonna sit on the couch for six weeks I'm not gonna wear (laughs) my foot's not broken I don't need to be in a boot like (laughs) I'm just gonna keep doing all the things that I can do and if it hurts I'll stop but I haven't been able to get back to the point of being able to run because I haven't truly taken that time off. Yeah, I think it can just be so frustrating, especially because as athletes, oh, when, you know, thinking of like what happens mentally when an injury happens, like one of the first thoughts is like, how much fitness am I going to lose? And just that fear. And like, I mean, when my, you know, crash happened at, at the cyclocross race, I want I was like I really want to do this race in an hour like can I get up can I be okay like yeah and and then and and so it's really tricky and you know I do think too about like Lucy Charles right she's been so open this year about her mm-hmm. injury and that was you know a stress fracture in her hip right yeah. or a stress reaction or you know but something you know that, and that is, you know, a type of a broken bone, right? Um, but with a diff- very different, you know, development of that sort of is like, I would put that in the overuse category like yeah. we've been talking about. I remember but, sh- she'd talked about like she noticed a small thing 
And she got it dealt with immediately. So she was probably exactly. looking back a lot faster than somebody who might have ignored it or been like, run through it. Exactly what I was going to say is because she's a pro athlete, she can do what is would be ideal and what, you know, many of us would love to do if we had the resources and the time and if it were our profession. And, and you know, she had Red Bull. I know her sponsor, like, helped her out a ton with yeah, getting imaging right that, away. Yeah. And whereas, you know, you look at, I mean, we've had a friend who's, you know, had basically the same injury. Mm-hmm. And it's it's much more <laughs> difficult when... You know, you are like a focused athlete, but, you know, it starts, it's a really minor thing and it's not, it's really hard, especially for me to decide to go to a doctor when it takes extra time. It feels like such a minor pain. You can push through it when you're training. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The cost, like there's so much that goes into it and I, you know, that can hold you back and it can make it worse overall but also there's a lot of times where i don't know i felt embarrassed going to a doctor and like oh i guess it's fine (laughs) you know or like it wasn't anything yeah yeah when i went in the first time for my foot um he did an x-ray he's like i'm not seeing anything like there's nothing there but you know he's also like but a stress fracture won't show until it's actually broken so it's like okay if i keep doing what i'm doing and actually break something then it'll show up on an x-ray but i'm also like well It's just kind of a little bit of an issue. I don't want to go in and get another full-blown MRI. Like those are really expensive. And I don't want to go get a second MRI this year for, you know, just to possibly find out what's going on with my foot because I don't necessarily have, you know, the money to do that. And I'd rather just like keep resting it. But the issue I'm running into is not resting it enough because nobody really wants to stop. Like that day you get hurt and it's especially if it's kind of like a a little bit of an issue, but not a full on broken collarbone or whatever. Like if it's something you can work through, it's like, I'll take two weeks off. It should be fine. Well, that didn't work. I'll take two more weeks off. Okay, well, not still an issue. Now we're like months down the road, probably should have just taken six weeks completely off to start with and we would already be back running. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. It really can be a rabbit hole and it gets so tricky. And and that is, you know, one of the the nice things for what I'm dealing with now is that there is much more of a progression. Uh, I haven't started PT yet, but I know that like my PT is going to help me, you know, and, and be there with me as I'm building back up. So that's really nice and reassuring. Yeah. I think it's tough too when we look at injuries of like, was this avoidable? Like, was this preventable? And a lot of times not. I mean, other, other injuries you can look at are like, I'm thinking of like a crash I had a couple years ago, really bad crash, broken helmet, you know, tons of road rash, nothing, no broken bones, but you still have like, you know, a limited time of you still have limitations for what you can do with road rash and yeah, and just like body hurt, like body pain, overall yeah. pain and stuff. Yeah. Of like yeah. that day, I wanted to get back on the bike, but it's like, well, my helmet's broken, so I probably should just get a <laughs> ride home. Um, yeah, but, but there's certain things. It's like, how could your accident have been avoided? How could my crash have been avoided? How could you know this knee injury I got have been avoided? I can think back on this whole year. And I can absolutely look back and say, I made these mistakes. I had that initial issue and I should have just taken the extra couple days off and I probably would have been fine, but I didn't. And I jumped right back into it because I didn't want to miss out on like a whole week of my training plan because I'm four weeks out from my marathon, right? Like that's a big week. I don't want to miss that. But instead, I went and pushed through a 10 mile run five days later and basically haven't run since. (laughs) Yeah. And that, I know. And that's what's so hard, like, even with, you know, exactly like you're talking about accidents, like, that to me is one of the most, like, difficult thoughts that comes up after a big accident like this is just thinking back on, like, all the moments of, you know, and this is true in life too, right? Like, this is how our brains work. Yeah. What could I have done differently if this hadn't happened that day, if that hadn't happened? Like, there's so many things I can look at. And luckily this time I have been very able to sort of set those thoughts aside. And it's been really helpful talking to people who have said to me, like, and that's the thing with bike accidents. Like, they happen to good riders. They, 
like, yes, I can see the skills, things that I could have developed and what I could have done. But when I think back on it, I can see why I made the choices I made in the moment. And I was trying to be safe and, and do things right. And like, I just like the rider I was at that moment, like that's what happened, you know? And, and it wasn't just like some huge oversight (laughs) anyway. And, but, but I've had similar, you know, with like overuse type injuries. I had one time when I was, um, I had a two mile time trial in the morning with the, the collegiate tri team I was training with. Right. So we had like two mile time trial, which, you know, is, is common to do to set your running paces for a block of training. And I, Actually, I went out too hard. Like someone got it in my head. You know, you can go under, you should try to go under 12 minutes for this two mile time trial. So I was like, okay, that's my goal. And I don't think I was quite at that fitness. So I went out and then I basically died in the end and like finished way slower because Mm -hmm. I blew up. Right. So I was so frustrated by this and I didn't feel like I had gotten in my full workout and I didn't feel like I'd done to my potential. So I went back that afternoon and did a workout at the track huge mistake that's when i started having like achilles issues and that was weird too because the way that that pain developed i thought it was just rubbing on my shoe i thought it was just like a sore and like that's what it felt like you know i thought it was the back of my shoe rubbing and just like a normal like well and that's another thing like achilles injury you you usually think of an achilles injury as like a torn achilles tendon and so you think of it, you know, you think of it as like a hard set, this starting yeah, here a clear, and then, yeah. Ver- yeah, a clear starting point versus like what you're saying, I had something similar where it just felt like muscle tightness. Oh, I, I'll just yeah. be able to rub this out. And so it's interesting hearing you like talk about it because yeah, it's just like, oh, this is just a little, like it's not even injury. It's nothing I need to worry about. It's just something's rubbing or my, like my muscles are tight or like my race strap right. is on too tight. And it's so like, that's another one of those, like, <laughs> it seems like it's not a big deal at the time. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I have found with, I think with running injuries, so much of it is just like experience and learning what type of PT and extra strengthening you need to be doing. Because now that I dealt with years of IT band pain and not being able to run from that, now I know I need to strengthen my IT bands. I need to do X, Y, and Z exercises. Okay, now I had Achilles issues for a couple years. Now I know I need to be doing like, you know, my like... Exactly. Calf exercises and like raises. And so it's like you start to build up your arsenal after dealing with things. And... What's what's nice is, you know, yeah, if you if you start your training in an environment where there is a norm around certain, you know, just like of these like PT type strength exercises, maybe you can avoid that. But it's so easy to let things slip oh, and fall oh, and like not this week. Yeah. Oh, I missed it next. I'll miss, you know, I missed it the week before. Not a big deal. I'll get back in routine. Exactly. And, yeah, and it really does matter. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. Um, absolutely, like, what has helped me recover from, you know, injuries like the Achilles issue, you know, it was going and seeing a PT and doing a ton of calf strengthening exercises. And so well, I remember when I was rebuilding into running after having Beth, it was like, okay, I know I need to focus on these and I'm going to do them. And I did them for a while. And then I slowly stopped doing them. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, I don't exactly. have any issues with my, my Achilles anymore. I don't have calf issues. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to do this anymore. I know. And one thing, you know, with bringing in the parenting part of it is like, I I think back on, yeah, when I was training with, you know, different groups and it's like we would be at track, you do when you're doing a track workout with a team, it's like you make sure you do all the good like warm up stuff. You know, you're doing lunges, you're doing all this good stuff. And then after a lot of times we would just hang out at the track and like sit down and, yeah, do some of this PT, do some, uh, you know, leg raises for strengthening the IT band, do some you know, like just various, uh, you know, we would do like an ab circle or whatever. And, but now as parents, like, I mean, we don't have, it's so important to schedule it in. And that's one of those things. So if I have a, let's say a 30 minute or 45 minute run 
on my schedule. I should definitely be scheduling an extra 15 minutes to that time. So if I have a 30 minute run, right. I should give myself 45 minutes. Like exactly. I, I give myself time to shower. Like if I'm, you know, right. needing to go to the gym or have my mom come hang out with Beth or something, like I give myself time to shower. I should give myself that extra 15 minutes to warm up. And it's so easy to not. And it's like, yeah. you, I mean, yeah, if you're going for an easy, super, super chill jog, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm not going hard. You know, I was always yeah. so much better about doing my warm ups and my like activation drills and stuff if I was doing like uh, a threshold set that day or, a, or like a tempo run. Like I was a lot better at fitting that warm up in. But if you're just going out for an easy run, it's easy to just to not because yeah, it's not that big exactly. Of a deal. And I used to, when I did have like big Achilles issues, I tried to make it a rule in my head where I was like, I am not allowed to run if I don't do this PT stuff. Eh, you know, I mean, it probably worked for the period where it needed to work, which is like <laughs> when you're really building back. But I mean, it's it is hard to be consistent. And I think, you know, I th- I don't know. I'm I'm sitting here thinking it would be really cool for you and I. I mean, we do talk about this a lot. And like we've even had times when we've thought, let's try to be accountable to each other to do strength and stuff. And we've also (laughs) I know never happens. We've also had times where, you know, we've talked on the show, too, about like, um, I mean, one thing that can actually be really fun and is sort of an easy thing to do with kids is like you can just roll out a yoga mat and do some of that strengthening when you're like they're in the playroom and my kids will come and do some yoga moves and then they'll go and like throw toys around and then come back and you know so it is one of those things that can be integrated but again it has to be prioritized and it's easy to let it slip because when it's not a problem it's hard to remember how yeah. big and quickly it and can become a huge is. problem. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely, I mean, that's one of the things I, every time I do a strength workout with Beth, I feel like I come on here and I'm like, yeah, go mom of the week. Was it Beth joined me for yoga or, you know, she did strength with, or I mean, quote unquote, did strength with me. Like we had fun <laughs> and she ran around and she was fine with it. But I think then sometimes a week later or two weeks later, I have that mental block of, oh, it's just so hard. Like I'm, she's not going to be into it. Or if we do have one session that she's basically not letting me get the workout in, then it's just like, oh, well, game over. We can't do these anymore. Take three months off of trying to do them with her. Do it again. It's like, oh my gosh, she's having so much fun. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I see a parallel from that too, to stroller running, you know, because it's, I mean, it's, it's a numbers game, right? It's a percentage. I mean, different kids will have different percentages of runs where they're going to be happy and content. Mm -hmm. And then that one in 10 or one in five, like they're going to be frustrated and over it. And it, And maybe you can also see, oh, I tried to do it at the wrong time or they didn't have a snack or this or that. So there can be things that can help explain it. But similarly, it's just it just happens like it, you know, it's sort of a it it will happen. It will have difficult times. And like you're saying, I find, too, as a parent, it can be hard to not think, oh, like this has changed. I had that with Ollie where I was like, oh, I can't take him on runs anymore. He's too old and he's over it. And now he loves it again, you know? So it, yeah, it's, that's actually one of the pieces of advice when, you know, I have a friend or someone becoming a new parent. It's like the biggest thing is that things are always changing and they're changing quickly. And so it's never like, so as much as that means like you might have something good going and then it feels like it changes and maybe it's not as good. I think the thing to focus on is that when something changes and it seems like, uh uh-oh, we've, you know, gone down a path I don't want, like it will be over quickly as well. (laughs) I feel like I remember pregnancy was like, funny, it kind of felt like a good setup for parenting in that like, I remember when I was kind of dealing with first trimester nausea with Beth and it was like, I finally figured out how to manage it, what things helped if I ate them. And I remember having this moment of like, okay, I can get through this. And then like two days later, my nausea was gone. So it was like, as soon as I figured it out, 
as soon as I had my solution, it's like on to the new problem. (laughs) Like, and that's like same thing. Like with with an infant, you're like, okay, this feels like it's a you know ongoing thing. There's there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You finally figure it out, and then (laughs) on to the next thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and honestly, speaking of of kids and obviously injuries and stuff, like, one of the things that um, as much as we can incorporate them into doing, like, PT exercises is when you have an injury that takes away from your kids, I think that is so hard. And, like, that just adds another layer on top of dealing with an injury from a mental standpoint as a competitive person. Now you're dealing with an injury from the mental standpoint of I'm failing as a parent because I can't give a hundred percent of myself that I normally would be able to, to my kids. Yeah, exactly. And that has been the hardest part for me with this collarbone break. And, you know, we talk on the show a lot about balance and, it's a very difficult thing as any parent and then, you know, add in being an athlete. And it's been really hard for me because, I mean, I literally can't change diapers. Like, I can't pick up my kids right now. I can't get Margot out of the crib or into the crib. Like, when I'm breastfeeding, I need someone to, like, pick her up and put her in my lap and switch her from one side to the other. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, it's... It's... It's tricky. And for me, like, already, you know, just day to day, like, I always want to be trying to, of course, do as much as I can and, like, help out and, like, you know, pull my weight. And and now it's it's just really hard, like, accepting help. And I a big thing that happened for me with this injury was, you know, there was a day where, you know, we went out, we, I you know, did some stuff, we um, saw some, like, family. And by the end of the day, like, I was, you know, in some pain. I think it was also the day where my nerve block wore off from surgery. So Mm -hmm. when they do the surgery, they put a nerve block and that lasts like for like 24 hours. And then when that wears off, you know, you start to really feel more of the pain and have to take more like pain meds for a period. And and so I think that was starting to happen. But it was also like after this stressful day and, you know, the kids were, you know, maybe a little bit off just after, you know, a busy day. And, you know, Nick was really stressed about it. And I could see that. And like, you know, here I am trying to like pick up the house as much as I can with one arm. And like, what are the things I can pick up and do all this stuff? And he was like, stressed about me being in pain and me doing too much. And that was sort of the moment where I realized that the thing that was going to help him more than me, like trying to physically help was like me really taking seriously getting better and recovering and being safe and like listening to what the doctors had asked and yes that meant asking more of him to help me but like that was hopefully what for a shorter we both period of time like <laughs> right. if you don't take the time and that's what we've been saying is if you do not take the time to heal it will take longer to heal Um, I do remember, I think it was Thursday evening last week and I got a text from you and you were like, my shoulder hurts so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. Even hearing you say that, when I think back, I'm like, it was never that bad. And even when I would go to the doctors, you know, they're like, oh, how's your pain? I'm like, oh, you know, not so bad, like four or whatever. And then Nick is like, yeah, except if you try to do anything, if you move your shoulder even just slightly, you know, (laughs) like he had to help me, you know. uh, Getting dressed and stuff, I'm sure. Exactly. Getting dressed when we were in the ER, like I had bib shorts on because I was biking and we had to get the bib shorts off, like get my jersey off and the bib shorts off, you know, because the bib is blocked by the jersey. Yeah. And I was just sobbing and in so much pain. And like I was actually, it crossed my mind that I was wondering if they cut anything off of you. Or if they were no, able to thank get to goodness. It yeah, I was say. <laughs> <laughs> my machines for freedom shorts and bibs. It was like my favorite cycling outfit. Ooh, I know. Yeah, right? that's like, a good point. Was, Hopefully, I didn't have a tear. Favorite stuff. <laughs> I know. Oh, but yeah, and so you know, this injury has been particularly difficult. But at least I can walk around, you know. But I do need yeah. help with a lot of things. Like it's it's 
intense. Um, but, you know, even we've talked about other other things like injuries where it can affect us. Yeah, I mean, I've everything I've dealt with is even in the lower half of my body this year. And I think I really struggled when I did have my knee injury, you know, marathon training, because it was it wasn't, you know, we had an MRI, nothing was torn, but it was still like so much swelling and so much loss of mobility. And the thing I was obviously most upset about was kind of having to come to terms with the fact that I wasn't able to run this marathon that I have been targeting for years that I had been training for, Mm -hmm. you know, I was four weeks out and like, I'm still upset about it. (laughs) Like, but, you know, kind of had to have that moment of realization that that's not what matters right now. And the things that Beth and I do together are going to playgrounds, going for walks. And if all of a sudden I can't do any of that stuff with her, like, that's what matters even more. Um, I mean, even doing stuff around the house was difficult. I couldn't bend it. So like, I couldn't even sit down and give her a bath. So like, I had to ask Nick for help with that. And like, you know, just like standing in the kitchen on it too long was really, really bad. And so it's just, it sucks when something that you have, something that's happened that you kind of feel like you've caused yourself, (laughs) you know, overuse or choosing, you know, like whatever, going for a bike ride, like getting in a crash and like, you know, to some extent, like as much as accidents happen in a way, you're always going to think this could have been avoided. And so there's that guilt there of this could have been avoided and I should have, you know, done something differently. And now all of a sudden it's taking away from my ability to parent. It's leaning on my partner more. It's taking away from the time that I spend with my, you know, kid. And that was the same thing. Like with my foot issue is I probably should have backed way off, like right up front, but I was like determined, like we just got our hiking backpack and I want to go on hikes. And we took her on like one of the last hikes I took her on, I couldn't walk for like two days because my foot hurt so bad. So then I'm oh, like, but I want to keep yeah. taking her for hikes. Like, I want to keep doing all these things. Yeah. And for me, I think one of the, you know, big things is like as mentally processing, okay, this injury happened and where do I go from here? You know, after the immediate, like, just practical figuring out and doctor appointments and stuff, it's starting to think about, okay, I had this plan, like for you, like I was going to be doing a marathon in four weeks. I was at the start of the cross crusade cyclocross series in Portland, I was getting to do my first one, two race. And I had like seven weeks of racing planned out. I had it all on our family calendar. Like the kids were going to be at all the races, you know? So I had a sense of what was happening for two months to come. And like, it was a big deal for me. And, and then suddenly, you know, in an instant it shifts and you have to, you know, accept that and then think like, For me, it really, I like to have a sense of what's coming in a plan. And so I had to get into the like, okay, what does this mean? So ways I've been thinking about it have been like, okay, I didn't really want to take an off season this year. I felt like I had an off season between my last 70.3, Oregon 70.3. And then I had like, I had a period. Yeah, I had a lull and I didn't have a coach. So that was my like, that was my mental off season. So now I don't want one for, you know, 18 months. (laughs) I don't need anything. (laughs) Um, And so I was hoping to have, you know, anyway, so now I'm realizing, okay, I need to be using this time to recharge mentally. I need to be obviously recovery is the most important thing. And then also being there with my family. But yeah, how can I shift this time and be doing things that can support my family and finding new ways, yeah, to connect with my kids. Because like, normally, you know, I'm the one who puts Margo to bed and I, she loves to be held a lot of the time. You know, if I'm downstairs, it's like she wants me to hold her. And so even the first day after my injury, I just was upstairs and I was like, can we have Ollie come upstairs and see me separately? Because I knew if I went downstairs and Margot saw me, she was just going to like want me to pick her up and I wasn't mm. going to be able to. And I knew that that was going to be really hard for me. And so anyway, now thinking about, okay, how can I like sit there and like, you know, read books with Ollie and how can I, uh, you know, just engage with the kids in new ways and make sure that that is like still really central. 
Um, but anyway, then starting to think about past, you know, as I'm recovering and what the recovery timeline looks like, I've been trying to focus on, okay, I'm not having the cyclocross season I was so excited for, but that means as I I get to build up training pretty quickly with the collarbone because it's, you know, I can keep it pretty stable on even the bike trainer. And so I'm like, all right, I'm coming in even stronger for next March when the road season starts. <laughs> this is like four, six, whatever extra weeks of like just base building and like training <laughs> my strength and like, you know, I don't know. So that's sort of how I'm viewing it with like the silver linings of like, all right, my base is going to be even more strong. <laughs> Look ahead to the next thing. I think that's what I've been struggling with this year was like, you know, finding those silver linings. Yeah. And it just felt like everything that I did put on the calendar, something happened. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I've struggled out a little bit more this year, but at the end of the day, like I'm healthy, my kiddo's healthy. I get to spend time with her and just, you know, my priorities have shifted enough at this point anyways, that I'm not feeling the constant need to look ahead to the next race, the next race, the next race, even though that helped me maintain my fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And you still, you know, at least you did the 40K TT and you mm -hmm. brought out some friends who, yeah, you know, haven't was, been on TT bikes for years. That was my years. season closer. <laughs> that was, and, my, you know, that and was it's, my end of season. Yeah. And I think it's thinking of stuff like that or even if the shift is like more time with your kids or for me, like honestly, social time and time with friends always mm -hmm. is a big thing that goes quickly when I am trying to focus on training. It's it's a little bit different with cycling because basically cyclocross races are big parties. And now I'm like, yeah. oh, shoot, I'm not going to like like this was going to be a whole <laughs> this was going to be my social life for the next, you know, two months. But <laughs> just going lots of walks. Uh, yeah, but but that's the thing. It's like, what can I do that I wouldn't have done? You know, yeah. like there's friends who aren't going to who don't go to the cyclocross races. And normally it would be hard to see them during this time because we're busy with racing. But now, like, let's prioritize that. Let's go do those things. Um, and and of course, there's a lot of, you know, we talked about this, too. There's a lot of fun fall seasonal things. So it's yeah. like getting into the holidays is like. It's a good time, you know, it's always the natural kind of end of the season. And so there's just, there's enough stuff going on. It's not necessarily even as fun to be outside when it's cold and rainy. I mean, what, it's going to be, <laughs> it's supposed to start raining here in a few days and with no end in sight. It will never end. <laughs> it will never end until yeah. next July. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of those things is it there for you. It's like a bummer as far as cyclocross season, but at the same time, it's, it could be worse timing. It could be June, you know, you could miss the whole exactly. summer of, of biking. And so this is, you know, it's just one season. Well, as we think about silver linings and finding positives, let's go into our closing segment, our Go Mamas of the Week. Go Mama, Go Mama, Go Mama. <laughs> These can be little things that are making us happy or small wins. Allie, what's your positive this week? Well, I feel like mine is one that I have used before, but it's something that it's very special to me. And, um, you know, we have taken Beth to the coast quite a few times, Oregon coast, but you know, the water's really, really cold. Um, and so we don't really let her like play in the ocean very much. Like we've let her get her toes wet and stuff on like a hot day, but there, there's never really been like, we're going waist deep in the water and letting the waves crash on us. And when we were in San Diego, we did get a chance to go to the beach. We had her in all her swim stuff. And um, we she just was like running out into the waves and, you know, <laughs> ankle deep for me is like up to her knees. <laughs> so we had to be yeah. pretty careful. But like she just like she loves it so much. And she Aww. just kept like we try to take her back up I'm like, okay, we got to go. And she just like have a meltdown. I'm like, all right, we'll go go run in the waves again <laughs> a little bit. And so it was just so much fun. Like she'd run out and then there was a couple of times she even like would see the wave coming and like kind of run back towards us. And Aww. like she just wanted to let them all crash on her. And so just so much fun. Like one of my favorite things. And I love that she really got to get really in the waves this time. So, Aww, I love yeah. it. So and what is yours this week? 
Well, mine is in a very similar vein because it is also a thing that I've just been so excited to see, you know, Margot's love and excitement for this thing. And it's also a thing that we definitely share um, and that I loved when I was a kiddo, which is Margot's love of overalls. (laughs) It is just like makes me so happy. She, you know, has... I don't know what it is, but she's just loved overalls for a while now, like since she's gotten into, you know, grabbing clothes and being excited about them. And, you know, with her, I've done like because when we were packing for Italy, I packed like we did a bunch of clothing try ons of things because I wanted to see, you know, what fit because I was packing a bag. Right. And so when we've done stuff like that, I can start to see her preferences because there's certain things that she doesn't want to take off or she's really excited about. And it's definitely been overalls for a long time now. And so this past week, I went to a little kid's like clothing resale shop that's a block away from where we live. And I brought back a bag of, you know, a bunch of different clothes. You know, I got her some tights for winter and like a dress and some stuff. And she goes, you know, I bring it home and she like goes tearing into the bag and she's, you know, grabbing clothes and throwing them out of the bag, throwing them <laughs> over her shoulder. And then she gets this pair of like over this overall skirt outfit <laughs> and she gets it and she grabs it and she puts it over her shoulder and she starts running around the house oh, like so happy, cute. so content. And it's just like of the whole bag of all the things, of course, it was the overalls. <laughs> that she went after and it's just so sweet to like with kids start to see their preferences and the things that they love and i love it too yeah that's super cute well that's it for our show this week thanks for listening we are excited to continue to share our experience of training through pregnancy postpartum and with young kids and as always if you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions find us on instagram at moms of triathlon or email us at moms of triathlon at gmail.com And mother of two to Oliver, who is three, specifically 36, 38 months, <laughs> and Margot, who is 14 months. God, what the? I had a concussion a week and two days ago, so. <laughs> Just put that clip at the very end. <laughs>